Thanks for listening to AM620 KPOJ, Portland's only progressive talk station. Now, coming to you live from the banks of the Willamette River, it's Mad as Hell in America with Adam Klugman. You've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. My life has value. Online at 620kpoj.com and on the air at AM620KPOJ. I want you to get up right now and go to the window and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome back to the third hour of Mad as Hell in America. I'm your host, Adam Klugman, and you're listening to AM 620K POJ, Portland's talk station. I hear rumors that it is going to snow, which I actually think is really a good idea. I like snow at least once a year here in Portland, Portland to break up the monotony of all the gray drizzle. You know, when you turn on the TV and what you see is one 10-day forecast backed up against another 10-day forecast of 42 and raining. So if the sun comes out, hey, that is righteous. But when it snows... It helps us here. It helps us, gives us a little variety and breaks up the pain and monotony of one endless gray day. So what did you think of Rabbi Lerner? I think this is an extraordinary man. Numbers here, 503-248-0620, are the numbers. What do you think? Is it possible to get peace in the Middle East? And do you think that Israeli foreign policy right now is actually making Israel more secure or less secure? And, and, and I think that this is an important question. Do policies of aggression make us more safe or less safe? I think Rabbi Lerner's point is that the policies that uh, of injustice that are being perpetrated against Palestinian people in Gaza and the West Bank are actually not making Israel more safe. Did, did the war in Iraq make us more safe? Tell that to the 5,000 dead soldiers, the 30,000 wounded. Do policies of aggression and militarism make us more safe? 503-248-0620, are the numbers. And we're going to do something that we did last week. Is uh, We started out with something we call Dealer's Choice. And for those of you who don't play poker, what Dealer's Choice is, is whoever's holding the cards gets to call the game. And so what we do here at Mad as Hell is give you the choice. If you've got the microphone, it's your topic. So if you want to talk about Israel, if you want to talk about the war in Afghanistan, whatever it is you want to talk about. I have a couple of things that I want to talk about this hour. The number 503-248-0620, are the numbers. Want to hear from you. <clears throat> but before we move on. I want to tell you something that happened. We recently picked up a great sponsor here at Mad as Hell in America, and it gets me really pumped because it's totally consistent with the values of the show. The sponsor is called Better World Club, and it's an environmentally friendly alternative to the Automobile Club of America. In fact, it's America's only environmentally friendly auto club, and it offers 24-7 nationwide roadside assistance for cars and bikes. That's right. I said roadside assistance for bikes. I couldn't think of anything more appropriate to Portland 
than roadside assistance for bikes since there are so many bikes. Better World Club also offers green car insurance, free carbon offsets, hybrid car rental discounts. I mean, this is a forward company, forward-thinking company. Discounts on eco-travel, free maps, and all the things you would expect from a first-class automobile club with none of the old-world political baggage, all at competitive prices. And Better World Club actually donates 1% of its revenues to environmental cleanup and advocacy. That's why I'm so excited about this sponsor. I really want sponsors that are consistent with the values of the show because a lot of us talk about creating a better world, but here is your chance to put your money where your mouth is and vote for that better world with your dollars. And right now, there's a special offer for Mad as Hell in America listeners. Log on at betterworldclub.com. That's betterworldclub.com. And when you sign up, enter the promo code MAHA, that's M-A-H-A, 2121, and receive a 10% discount on your new membership. Experience for yourself what a new auto club for a new century is really all about. Join today and drive the change. I did, and I'm glad I did. That's Better World Club at betterworldclub.com. Log on today. And we're going to go to calls. Numbers here, 503-248-0620, are the numbers. It is dealer's choice. And we might morph that into something we call the mad as hell minute what makes you mad as hell can you say it you know it's one thing to be mad as hell in your living room in your car uh in your shower uh when you're walking your dog you know but it's another thing entirely to get up in public and declare openly the thing that makes you mad as hell you'll call the station you'll get on the air your heart will start to pump and suddenly You find that your conviction isn't what it was. But once you do it once, once you make that public declaration once, you've taken that first step towards really claiming your own power, reclaiming your own power, relocating the center of power from somewhere out there in the political system, somewhere out there in, in, you know, your villains, your convenient heroes of the day. I mean, sure, we all did that with Barack Obama. Even I did it. He's going to save us. No, he's not going to save us. No one's going to save us. You are going to save us. I am going to save us. We are going to save ourselves because this is still a democracy and we are still the people. So what makes you mad as hell? You can pick a topic, just call in, tell me what makes you mad as hell. doesn't matter what it is, and we're going to talk it through and see how we can take that mad as hell and turn it into a response that will transform not only the world, but your life as well, and maybe even reveal a purpose. We certainly have a lot of examples from history to do that. 503-248-0620, 1-866-452-0620. What makes you mad as hell? Kyle, welcome to Mad as Hell in America. What's up, Kyle? Oh, uh, I'm just taking it easy for the weekend here. <laughs> so what makes you mad as hell, Kyle? Um, i got to say uh, the National Defense Authorization Act oh. that uh, Obama just signed. Yeah. Uh, and, and, then, and then I hear about uh, the Enemy Expatriation Act that, hmm. that, might, go in, that might be signed. Wait, I, I haven't know. heard about this one. Back up for me. I did hear I, about I the NDA. About, I heard about that on... Uh, Gosh, on I mean on AM six twenty, some show uh, that had come on late the other night. Uh, can't think of the guy's name, <laughs> but uh, and and I don't even know if it's what, what is it called real. again? What's it called? Uh, the Enemy Expatriation Act. All right, I'm googling it now. Keep talking. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, um, I'm just kind of uh, I'm freaked out because uh, I mean I feel that maybe Obama signed this because this bill because or the National Defense Authorization Act because he um, he's worried about uh, rioting perhaps he's worried about it just going way out of control but I think that uh, he's making um, an enemy. Uh, he's making everyone out to be an enemy, basically, by doing that. I think. Well, let, let me just let me just hip everybody up to what the NDAA is. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's called the National Defense Authorization Act. And here's what went down: there was a provision in it initially, when it was initially put forward, that would make it okay for the president to grab anybody anywhere, including in the continental United States, so long as they fit a fairly loose set of criteria for what it means to be, quote, association associated with terrorists, I believe is the term that they used, something right. similar to that. Um, and, and what happened was President Obama said he wouldn't sign it, uh, it with that provision in it. So they pulled it out. And then Democratic Senator Carl Levin, along with the fabulous, ever fabulous John McCain, who seems to have gone mad in the last eight years um, and betrayed every one of his values, uh, put reinserted the provision uh, in some, you know, vaguely modified form. And after three months, President Obama of uh, President Obama saying he wouldn't sign this provision, took a look at this provision, and said, well, that's OK. And and then on New Year's Eve, in that kind of sneaky George Bush kind of way, signed the provision, which essentially makes the whole world a battlefield and authorized the pre- authorizes the president of the United States, this president and all subsequent presidents to essentially be have the power to grab American citizens off the streets in any country, including this one without any kind of due process. Now, do, do, is, that, is that what's freaking you out, Kyle? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I can't believe, I mean, hearing stuff like that, I, I can't believe I voted Obama into office, but I don't, I, I don't believe in any other candidate out there. Um, so, so let me ask you this. Does this quali- disqualify him uh, for your vote? I mean, are you going to vote oh, for him again? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, no. I mean, um, I, I feel like I, there's I, there's no point in voting. Right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, are you going to vote he, for him? Maybe. He, well, I mean, I, I suppose he's the less the lesser of of, of the evils, basically. Is what well, it but is. but here's so, a- I, so I guess I would have to vote for him because I mean, but I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I, I, just so I could keep any Repub- any Republican candidate from getting voted. So I might as well vote Obama because I think he he's going to keep it all from. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. Actually, I don't even know what to believe anymore, because now that he's done this, he might as well be the most evil. I mean, I, I just don't know what's going on, and it's, it's really scaring me. Uh, you know, it's making me not want to live in this country, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, your candor, Kyle, because I think it freaks a lot of people out. And I, right. and, and, and I have to say that I share your ambivalence. I, I don't want to not vote. Right. I don't want to abdicate that responsibility. I think it's important to vote. Right. Uh, I certainly don't want Mitt Romney to be the president of the United States. That would just make things worse. And yet, what are we to do? And I think that a lot of us share ambivalence on the left. Do we not vote for him? I don't know. Anyway, Kyle, I really appreciate the call and I appreciate Likewise. your candor. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Numbers here, numbers here, 503-248-0620, What makes you mad as hell? Call in, let me know, get it over with, and get on your way to creating 
a totally different world than the one we're living in now. I'm Adam Klugman. This is Mattis Hell in America. We'll be right back. yourselves for Klugman. Welcome back to Mad as Hell in America with Adam Klugman. You're listening to AM 620 KPOJ, Portland's Smart Talk Station. And I just had a great call from Kyle. And Kyle, what I loved about Kyle's call was just how incredibly open he was about his ambivalence. I mean, we talked about the National Defense Authorization Act and the fact that this president who talked about transparency and accountability and restoring habeas corpus, uh, suddenly, uh, once he becomes president, uh, puts American citizens on assassinations lists without due process, passes something called the National Defense Authorization Act, which essentially allows him to snatch anybody anywhere in the world, including this continent, without due process. And so the question that I asked Kyle was, are you going to vote for him? It, does this disqualify him for your vote? And Kyle couldn't answer the question, and I think he was being really honest. Right? So so what are we to do? I mean, I share the same ambivalence. My wife looks at me and she says, I don't care. I'm voting for him no matter what. And I think you're wrong to even consider not voting for him because we certainly don't want to Mitt Romney. That's just going to make things worse. And yet, when we vote for the lesser of two evils, we still get evil. And so what we really need is some kind of fundamental change in the way that we do things and that, that would expand our options beyond the lesser of two evils. And I don't know what that is. I mean, that's why I put so much stake, so much hope in the Occupy movement, because what we're looking for is some kind of fundamental shift in the power structure. So here's my question. Are you frustrated with President Obama? Are you so frustrated that you're not going to vote for him? I'll be frank with you. I have not made up my mind. Because I feel like if I vote for him, what I'm doing is that I'm, I, I'm essentially condoning the choices that he's made. And, 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 and it makes me complicit, you know, with the assassination of Anwar al-Awlaki, an American citizen, who was put on an assassination list without any due process. I don't want to be complicit with that, but I sure as hell don't want Mitt Romney to be the president of the United States. 503-248-0620, 1-866-452-0620. We're also doing a little thing called Mad as Hell. What makes you mad as hell? Get up in public, on the air, and claim it. You're going to see that it changes things when you do it. It's different from being mad as hell in the privacy and the intimacy of your own life. When you do it publicly, something happens. 503 248 Let's go to Mark in Sandy. Thanks for holding, Mark. You're on Mad as Hell in America. What makes you mad as hell, Mark? Oh, lots of things. But, uh, <laughs> no, I find that it's easy to, to recognize, to sit back and watch and see what's going on, and the anger can go away pretty fast, but it doesn't diminish the amount of commitment that I have. Uh, one of the things that I experienced, I've been very active in the local democratic political uh, events here in the Sandy Clackamas County area, and I seriously considered running for uh, House of Representatives here in Oregon. I went to Sweden for two weeks this spring, mm-hmm. and it was literally a life-altering experience. I came back, and I was the chair of the local democratic group and i it took me about a month or two but i finally had to refuse myself of that position why because, 
uh, I just simply couldn't be that position anymore. And the biggest reason is there are some things that I'm going to have to start saying, and I didn't want it to reflect poorly on the entire group for the sake that I have to say what I have to say. So what, do you, what is it you would want to say? Uh, so many things. Um, I went to Sweden for a number of reasons, but I really wanted to learn a lot about their health care system, their political structure, educational structure, and just how they managed to have a society where it seems to work for everyone with no one and nothing left out. Right. And, um, well, I'm telling you, that's, that's kind of a structure that I had come to that it really has to work for all of us, or right. it's not really working for any of us. Right. I, I, you know, I think that that's what defines us as progressives, right? Uh, is, yeah. is, well, we are trying to build a world that works, or a society at least in America, that works for as many people as possible. So let's say all of us, that we're society that works for everyone. And what I f- see on the conservative side is, well, no, we're trying to build a world that works for a few of us as possible. And, and frankly, I think a lot of us on the left are just mystified by that. We don't understand why you would want to build a world that only works for a few people. Why wouldn't you want to build a world that works for everyone? You already have more than anybody could ever use in, in 20 lifetimes, and yet it's right. never enough. Well, I had a chance because I went over there, and I had connected with a fellow that became a very close friend, and uh, there, I met him through a manufacturer over there that uh, produces a very high-quality uh, line of axes, handcrafted axes, and it's part of my profession. I build log homes. Were you and in was, Sweden? Is that, where is that where you are when you met this gentleman? Uh, well, I met him before I went over there, and he was actually my primary contract, contact when I went to the, visit this company. Uh, I mean, I could spend an entire hour with you talking about what I learned from watching this one small company uh, in rural Sweden and how they have it set up. This is a company that they found uh, that they do not uh, pay based on production. They pay pay their crew based on you know the output and the you know the success rate of the quality of their products. Right. They have a, a nurse uh, on staff who's also a massage therapist. And if you're not feeling well, you can go. It's like being in uh, a well-run grade school. You can go lay down and uh, take a nap, or if you're not feeling well, or she can prescribe something. Or if you're not feeling well, your muscles are out. Well, you can get an hour massage all on company time. Uh, and somehow that would be, they would be call us a nanny state uh, if we wanted to make people happy and relaxed and not stressed out so they don't go postal. Well, uh, I mean, literally, one of their agreements, uh, if you work there, you have to take at least one hour during your work week and go for a walk in the community. Uh, uh, it's man- mandatory. Meditation and relaxation. I love it, Mark. That's just great. Amazing. That's amazing. What I came back to is the realization that I don't, Adam, I don't think that this country's smart enough to pull it off, to turn it around and correct it. I think we're going to have to run this sucker off the cliff, crash it completely, and then put it back together after the realization that it can't just work for the select few. 
Um, Mark, well, I hope you're wrong. I'd like to think, I, I think guys like you and me and the callers that we get and the people that listen to this show, I think that it's most of us. We just have to find a way to catalyze it, you know, and I appreciate the I call, Mark. I'm okay. going to move, I got to move on, but I do appreciate it, but we got to find a way to catalyze this. I, I, I think that there's majority sentiment out there, do you know, that, that we get it. And I think progressive values are essentially mainstream values. And in that, I think that what progressives really believe is that we want to build a society that works for everyone. And and there's no shortage of good ideas. It's possible. The problem is that we've got people who don't want to build a society that works for everyone. They just want to get what's good for them. And that just doesn't work. When you do that, everything gets out of balance. Mark thinks we got to drive it off the cliff. I'm going to try and steer it the other way. So we don't have to crash and burn. Your calls when we come back. 503-248-0620. 1-866-452-0620. What makes you mad as hell? You're listening to Adam Klugman. This is Mad as Hell in America on AM620 KPOJ. We'll be right back. to Mad as Hell in America. I'm your host, Adam Klugman. You're listening to AM620 KPOJ, Portland's smart talk station. We're talking about a whole lot of things today. We're doing a little bit of Mad as Hell. What makes you mad as hell? I'm encouraging you to step forward and tell the world what makes you mad as hell, and you will experience a difference in your life once you take that first step. And then we'll talk about the second step and the third step and how we use the Mad as Hell impulse as a way to transform the world and our personal lives, because Mad as Hell it's not about pounding our fists. It's not about screaming and yelling. It's about formulating a creative response to the world we live in and identifying the injustice that makes you mad as hell and following it and listening to it and seeing where it wants to lead. We have examples from history, people like Gandhi, people like Martin Luther King, who responded to being treated like a second-class citizen with mad as hell because it was an appropriate response let's go to jimmy in portland jimmy thanks for holding you're on mad as hell in america with adam klugman what's up okay uh uh you might consider this a strange reason to be angry but or mad but mad as hell i'm mad because i'm just sometimes i get in this mood where i'm just sick and tired of all the division mm. uh when i think of the big picture when you think of half of the americans you know following one political ideology and the other half of the Americans for the other side. And I'm not really trying to be partisan at all here, whether you're Republican or Democrat, liberal, conservative. I I think we need to stop and have a day of mourning uh, over the negative consequences that we don't see of all this this uh, this division. I know that, you know, depending on how you want to look at it, people see it as, you know, checks and balances. It's a healthy process that we have to grind out the truth and so on and so forth. But I don't buy it. There are times where I don't buy it. I think it's just uh, uh, an excuse to cover just our short our shortfalls and our judgmentalism, our impatience, and our intolerance of each other. I think that if we were to just honor uh, quit, you know, uh, uh, quit 
give up on the need to, to judge one another so harshly all the time, you know, and, and demand this purity. Do you realize the problem with the purity that we have? It's like, you know, if you were in a, mar- a marriage and you had to, you know, demand such purity from your partner, you'd be divorced. Right. Well, that, <laughs> that's where we are today, and I just feel like, like you know, from a political standpoint that, 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 you know, you know, it, it, this sounds cliche-ish, I know, but, you know, Christ said it, we know the cliche, you know, divided, you know, uh, united we stand, divided we fall. You know, uh, has anybody ever stopped to think about, you know, all this purity stuff? Uh, you know, in a different context, there's a disease called perfectionism. How do we know that we're not just part of that? You, you know... know- you know what, Jimmy? You know what you, I, I picked up on that that I really like uh, that, that you said in passing, but I think it's the core of, of what you seem to be saying, which is this idea of a day of mourning. I've often thought about this, that there's all this grief associated with all this splintering and this divisiveness, or or, or some people say divisiveness, uh, that's going on in our society. And, and, and all this fracturing of, of our dreams and our hopes and, and all that we once were. And there's just, there's all this grief. And, and that we have to account for that in, in this way you called it mourning before that we can move on. So, so let me ask you this, Jimmy. What can you do about that? Because I hear the grief in your voice, and I think it's totally justified and appropriate. So let me ask you this. What could you do? What, what, what one creative step could you take? Uh, bring some of your neighbors together in a room, some of the people that you know, to talk about this grief. You just don't know where it's going to lead you. I mean, does that catch fire with you at all? Well, I mean, I don't know what to say. I wish I had the answer, and that frustrates me, too. But I mean, you I do mean, have the answer. This is what I'm trying to say, that at some fundamental level, you must have the answer, and I must have the answer. And what I'm suggesting is, is this grief that you feel is the beginning of an answer, well, a, I, I, a, an action that you can take somehow, because this is the thing that you're responding to. And it's, so it's trying to get your attention. This okay. is what I'm trying to say Matt is all about. Okay, and maybe okay. There's two things to come that come to mind, and I'm not saying that they're correct. But one one thing would be to get all those people in my in my home, as you say, and let them know that I'm never going to vote for anybody for the rest of my life. Okay, now that's probably not the answer you want to hear. No, no. How about this? How about if you got them in a room and asked them how they feel? What if you got them in a room and said, I, I, "Do you feel the same grief and frustration over this?" And see where it leads. That that rather than than uh, I mean, it, you can do it any way you want. But I what I sense in you, Jimmy, is is this this deep level of feeling over the divisiveness and the fracturing of our society and all this hatred that we spit and spew at each other. So it that is the impulse that's trying to get your attention to say do something. Well, I don't know. Okay, but and, and maybe I need to think about this and think come about up it with a better response. But let me just say another thing. The you know, there's an old Twilight Zone movie. You remember the Rod Serling? Of course. Okay. There was one pro- one specific episode called, it was, the title of it was A Small Talent for War. And what it was about was basically, and I'll make it real short here, was about these Martians that came into the United Nations and, you know, typical fashion, arguing, bickering, couldn't right. read on anything. Well, those Martians said, you know what, we're the ones that created you. 
And you know what? We've seen that you have a small talent for war. Here's your history of all these genocides going on. We're, we've decided that within 24 hours or 48 hours, we're going to destroy you. We're the ones that created you. And then all the people in the United Nations said, wait a minute, that's not fair. If you give us 48 hours, we can prove to you that we can get along. Mm. And then it wound up happening. Within 24 hours, they had a transcript that was signed by all countries in the world. And, and, and what I'm saying is that if we change the assumptions, see, we operate under all these assumptions, but when we stop and look at it from a different paradigm and how we take each other for granted, and if we have a different motivation, the outcome's going to be different. Jimmy, you're right. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about some creative response that leads you to an action, and then I want you to take that action, and I want you to call me back and tell me about it, because you're a smart guy, you're an articulate guy, you're a passionate guy, and you really care. And you do... And in that way, that qualifies you as someone with answers. And okay. so, so do it, and then call me back and tell me about it. Okay, thank uh, you. All right, Jimmy, thanks a lot. Uh, let's go to, uh-oh, let's go to Jack in Westland. Wait, Jack, I'm going to put my hard hat on. Last time you called, you were all up in me. How's it going, Jack? Shut up, Pugman, and, and, and quit crying about it. What, what the <laughs> hell was that? What was that, that last call all about? Well, you, you you love to call and attack me, so go ahead. I'll give you I'll give you thirty seconds. Oh, you're going to give me thirty seconds. You know, Klugman, you have to understand something here. You know, I'm your friend. You I'm are? your best friend. You're my I'm best your friend? only friend, Klugman. I, you know, I tried calling you back about the Ryan Wine Widen Bill. Okay. And you know, I, I was you said call me back next weekend. Uh, I didn't see the call, Jack. You've got the floor now. Why don't you take it? Oh, well, okay. Well, you're asking what makes me mad as hell. I'm telling you. You do. You're making me mad as hell, Klugman. Okay. Tell you know, me why. You, you and vulture capitalists, religious zealots, cranks, crackpots, hypocrites, whiners like that last guy, old Twilight Zone movies, people who say they, they're never going to vote again like that last guy, you know, without giving us a written promise. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, I'm not sure what... I don't know what you mean. Suicide congressman. You're asking me what makes me mad. Okay. Tea party drunks, casino capitalists, crony capitalists. That makes me mad as hell. I'm with you there. We agree on that well, much, Jack. Political vampires, voodoo econom uh, economists. Uh-huh. You know, homophobes. Uh, I'm phony, with you. Phony public service ads that play 500 times a day on this radio station, blowhards, you know, do-nothings. Jack, I gotta say, I like your style, man. Why did you? Well, thank you very much. Do you ever write this down? Hey, I met you once out, in, out here in Westland when you're you're um, doing that thing for your dad. Well, uh, the book thing. Yeah. Did I make you mad as hell then? Uh, no, no. I was, uh, I was I was uh, too busy sleeping. Um, <laughs> you're, are you a nice guy? I don't get the feeling you're a nice guy, Jack. You no, call no, up here. No, you no, give no, me a no, lot of grief. Wrong, Klugman. I wouldn't be a nice guy and be your friend at the same time. Now listen, I looked up the Wyden Ryan bill. All right, okay? let's get to it. There's nothing wrong with that. Why? You, you, Tell me why. Where you guys come from on this stuff? You and that Carl and Carl Wolfson, and you just you just shoot from the lip. Shoot from the lip. Well, you don't. You don't even read the thing. You don't even know what it's about. You just. Oh, he teamed up with Ryan. Oh, it must be horrible. Something's wrong with Ron Wyden. Ron Wyden's the best senator this country has got. Uh, there's lots of things I like about Ron Wyden, but I'm trying to get you to tell me one thing about that bill that is worthwhile. So tell me. 
I can okay. tell you what I don't like about it. You tell me what you think well, is worthwhile. You, well, you've had plenty of time to tell us what you don't like about it. So why don't you yet. go and do it? Tell me what's worthwhile all right. about all right, it. All right, all right. Settle down. Take a pill. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, right. Jack. All right. Here's the, here's the thing. See, is that is that this puts puts the traditional Medicare Medicaid program in competition with private with with the private sector, but it doesn't deny anyone of health care, which is what you're insinuating, is what you've implied, what you've explicitly said, I believe, is that this denies people, it's going to throw people under no. the bus. <laughs> no, you, you, you may be confusing me with someone else. Here's my problem with that solution. I don't think that health care should exist for profit, period. I don't believe we, we've had a system of health care that's been competitive. And what has it gotten us? It's gotten us 47,000 people a year who die without health insurance, Jack. Okay. Well, here's a way, it, no, no, here's no, no, here's a way for you to put that to the test. You see, because no, these are facts, Jack. The other, it's a hybrid system. You like the hybrids, right? I don't you like a, You probably have a hybrid car. You I don't a, like the. Car. I'm not talking about hybrid cars. We're talking about a healthcare system. And here's my We're fundamental philosophy. Hybrid healthcare system. And I don't like a hybrid healthcare system. I believe well, in a universal like healthcare system. Because now, it, this is probably the first thing that's come along. Why do you like it? What do you know about it? With the Democrats to do something, a hands across the aisle kind of a thing. Yeah, and hands across the it. aisle with a guy like Paul Ryan, who's made it his mission to dismantle things like Social Security. Hey, I'll believe that when he tells it to me, not when you tell me. Go on, cooperate. Why can't you learn to cooperate uh, with the other side? Uh, I I would love to cooperate with the other side. I cannot cooperate, I don't think, in good faith with a gentleman like Paul Ryan, who, and I'm not making this up, go online, type in Paul Ryan, okay, and type in Social Security, and then oh, yeah. you'll see him say that he thinks Social Security is a Ponzi scheme. Jack, you're a lot of fun, but I gotta move on. Keep calling, we'll have fun. And hey, you gave that guy with the Twilight Zone episodes more time than you gave me. You got a lot of time! I just got 19, you've been at night, you've been on 19 minutes. Yeah, all right, Klugman, have a good day. You too, Jack. All right, love you. I love you too. All right. Bye. What? Jack. Jack is a wild man. Jackie, welcome to Mad as Hell in America. That's a tough, tough act to follow, Jackie, but welcome to Mad as Hell in America. Oh, hi. This is, um, I love you and I love your dad, first of all. Thank you. About that statement that statement that the, the president signed, I can't even think of the name of it, but anyway. The I, National Defense Authorization Act. Right. I thought he signed, wrote a sign-in statement about that, but what I want... He did. He did write a signing statement about it. I don't know what value it has, but, but I mean, he did write a signing statement about it. Norman Goldman, I listened to him also. He's great. He's a lawyer, and he said he's read that backwards and forwards, and there's a, a line or two uh, several pages in that that covers the people in the United States not being arrested. So that's all I want to say. So I don't really know that much about the whole thing, but uh, he said he's read that over and over trying to find, you know, and he, he found that, and he's, he stuck... He's said it several times on his show. So anyway. Well, as I understand it... I don't want to... Want to have people not voting for him and not, you know. Well, that that's an important question. So you are definitely committed. You're going to vote for President Obama. Oh, you bet you and I am. Uh, now, do you feel disappointed with President Obama? Do you feel that he met with your expectations? Uh, he has, yeah. I mean, there's things he hasn't done. My idea is that I think he's he's feared for his life, and there's some things that he just can't 
can't do what he wants to do. So that's that's just the way I I feel about it. He's got a family to love, and I don't know. I could be all wrong. No, you know what, Jackie? I think that's right. I think you really hit something on the head here. I mean, you know, I think at some level he knew that this if he got this job, that to do it in a way that was totally consistent with his own values, that what he was going to need to do would be to stand up to some really, really tough people. You know, and, and about a hundred years ago we faced the same problem, right? There were robber barons and industrialists. You know, so so... The question becomes, you know, does he really want to take the risk? Right, yeah. If it were me, I wouldn't want to. I mean, I wouldn't want to. It's tough. And he knew that he was going to have to take... I give him credit for for standing up for as much as he has, so... Well, I appreciate the call, Jackie. And you know what? I think that's a fair defense. I I do get very frustrated with President Obama, but but I appreciate your position. And uh, I'm still making up my mind about whether or not I'm going to vote for him. When we come back, your calls, 503-248-0620-1866-452-0620 are the numbers. What makes you mad as hell? It's dealer's choice here at Mad as Hell in America. Give us a call, 503-248-0620. You're listening to AM620 KPOJ, Portland's only smart talk station. We'll be right back. Klugman, you're listening to AM620 KPOJ, Portland's smart talk station. The numbers here are 503-248-0621-866-452-0620. This is your last chance for an entire week to tell the world why you are mad as hell. Take advantage of the opportunity and see what happens. Had some interesting, real, what I think are some really interesting calls. And, of course, Jack called in and just gave me a ration, which is his prerogative. Uh, we do not screen calls here at Mad as Hell in America. Our call screeners are really call facilitators. You call, we put you on the air. 503-248-0620-1866-452-0620. If you got that impulse, follow it. Tell the world why you are mad as hell and see where it takes you. Jeff in Portland, welcome to Mad as Hell in America, Jeff. Hey, thanks again, Adam. Great show, as thank, always. Thank you. Yeah, um, I, I wonder what insurance company Jack works for. Uh, we were just trying to figure out who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... Uh, we need to. Uh, we need Medicare for all, not to privatize Medicare. Yeah, and we don't need you know public systems competing with private systems. That hybrid argument is just absurd. Of course, uh, yeah. we, we half measures avail us nothing. Anyway, I, I, I agree, and and I want to preface my comments today uh, to clear up any confusion from last week by saying uh, I consider myself a, a progressive, FDR style, pro union, pro environment. Uh, bring bring back Glass-Steagall and a, and a New Deal and all that. So I'm not, I'm not a libertarian by any means, but um, 
Having said that, Adam, I want to say that Tuesday is the 55th anniversary of Eisenhower's famous speech warning us about the military-industrial complex wow. uh, taking over our country and eviscerating our, our economy and uh, pointing out that every dollar we spend on weapons in the military is, is a dollar taken away from uh, essential things like uh, building a, a more prosperous country, feeding and clothing people and housing people. Um, right now, we, you know, we had 7 million people, uh, 7 million families lose their houses in the uh, housing crisis. We've got half the country, 150 million Americans, who are either poor or low income. And, you know, that, that means we have hundreds of thousands of people, many of them women and children, homeless and hungry right, right here, right now in this country, Adam. That's right, we and, do. And at the same time, we're still spending trillions of dollars on wars in the military, exactly what Eisenhower warned us against. Um, you know, Obama, about a year ago, was calling for a Sputnik moment. Um, but in this age of suffering and, and austerity, um, he's still proposing to spend $8 trillion in the next decade on, uh, for the Pentagon. So in the spirit of, of Martin Luther King... Um, you know, I think, Adam, what we need is a Galileo moment. You know, 400 years ago, Galileo um, went around turning uh, conventional thinking upside down, saying, you know, having the courage to say to people, the earth is not the center of the universe. And right. right now we need people, uh, we need people to realize that, um, you know, our, our U.S. military doesn't need to be the center of the world and all that entails. So, um, Adam, again, as I said last week, I'm not, I'm not uh, endorsing Ron Paul. I'm not saying I'm going to vote for him or, or that you should, but I'm encouraging and urging his supporters and, and Ron Paul himself to run as a third-party candidate to hopefully give us a Galileo moment and, and uh, bring back uh, prosperity, not austerity, to this country as, as, as far as ending the military-industrial complex as we know it. Right on, Jeff. I think you make a very compelling argument for what Ron Paul might be able to add to the conversation. I don't know that I want him as president, but I do appreciate it. Thanks so much for the call. Well, that's just about it for Mad as Hell in America this week. I want to remind you that Rabbi Michael Lerner is going to be coming to Portland January 19th. That's this Thursday at 7 p.m. at the First Unitarian Church. That's at the corner of Southwest 12th and Maine. I will definitely be there. I want to see this man live. I've only spoken to him on the radio. I really believe that his message is a message that extends beyond what... It applies to the Middle East, but is about a stand that we take as human beings. His book is called Embracing Israel-Palestine, a strategy to heal and transform the Middle East. And also at revolutiontruth.org, there is going to be a panel discussion with Chris Hedges, Michael Moore, Kevin Zeese, and Margaret Flowers about the future of the Occupy movement. You want to miss, you don't want to miss that. I'm going to be there. I want you to be there. I'm going to be here next week. I want you to be thinking this week about what makes you mad as hell. And I want you to listen to it. I want you to see if you can even observe it. Because that's what's going to change the world. Not them. Not out there. The center of power is right where you are. Right where I am. Don't ever forget that. And don't ever anybody ever talk you out of your legitimate human anger. It is an appropriate response to the world that we are living in. I'm Adam Klugman. This is Mad as Hell in America. You've been listening to AM620KPOJ. We'll see you next week.